America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when uh, President Trump has just hit the campaign trail again, trying to do something that only one other individual in all of American history has accomplished, which is coming back after losing the presidency to uh, run again and to actually get another term. Uh, is that going to happen for Donald J. Trump? Well, he has one uh, opponent, apparently, who all but uh, announced, you'll pardon the hint, her uh, idea of running for president, uh, despite the fact that she had previously said that if Trump was going to be running, and he is running, he's been announced candidate, that uh, she would not uh, challenge him. Uh, Nikki Haley, um, who was the governor of South Carolina, two-term governor, was ambassador to the U.N., uh, is certainly one of the more serious candidates to raise the possibility of running against Trump. She took uh, uh, something of a swipe at him uh, while he was visiting her home state. And Trump was speaking together with the governor of South Carolina, uh, Governor McMaster, and with a senior senator from South Carolina, from uh, with uh, Lindsey Graham. And by the way, there's yet another South Carolinian named Tim Scott, who also, according to many, many reports, is um, thinking seriously of making his own race. This was uh, Nikki Haley and her comment about President Trump, clip 17. The survival of America matters, and it's bigger than one person. And when you're looking at the future of America, I think it's time for new generational change. I don't think you need to be 80 years old to go be a leader in D.C. I think we need a young generation to come in, step up, and really start fixing things. Okay, the uh, uh, headline in Newsweek is Nikki Haley takes swipe at Donald Trump. As he holds rally in her home state, Nikki Haley took a swipe at former President Trump as he hit the campaign trail in her home state of South Carolina on Saturday. Trump spoke to about 200 people in the state's Capitol building in Columbia, flanked by Governor Henry McMaster and U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham. But Haley, a former governor of South Carolina who was Trump's ambassador to the U.N., was among those notably absent from the event. Haley, who is expected to get her presidential campaign underway in the coming months, wrote on Twitter on Saturday, it's time for a new generation to lead. And uh, then she uh, also provided that clip that you just heard about the survival of American matters. She was asked uh, by the Associated Press uh, uh, about her statement that she made to Associated Press back in 2021. She said she would not seek the Republican Party's nomination if Trump, Trump chose to run in 2024. But then she says, uh, and when you're looking at the future of America, I think it's time for new generational change. And I look at that and I look at the fact that if I'm this passionate and I'm this determined, why not me? That's uh, her position. A report in the dispatch on Saturday said Haley would make her 2024 presidential bid 
official as soon as February. By the way, this is all just so early, and everything is going on early. We have the announced candidates for U.S. Senate in California, and and Dianne Feinstein, who would be 91 years young when she faced re-election, has said she's not going to announce whether she's running or not. She's the incumbent until the beginning of next year. But it doesn't matter because there are one, two, three, four announced candidates so far in California. And then in Arizona, uh, Senator Sinema hasn't decided whether she's going to run again, whether she's going to run as a Democrat, which is how she got elected first time, or whether she's going to run as an independent. That's how she, she uh, identifies right now. Or whether she's going to run as a Republican, which... Um, John Thune and other leaders in the U.S. Senate, John Thune of South Dakota, says that Republicans would, uh, would welcome. Dave uh, Wilson, who is president of the Palmetto Family Council in Columbia, South Carolina, I spoke to that group about 20 years ago. Uh, Dave Wilson said, the rocket is fueled and ready. I think we're just in the countdown now. Trump uh, visited New Hampshire and South Carolina on Saturday where he sought to brush aside criticism that his run had gotten off to a slow start. Well, I mean, it has. He hasn't gone anywhere. Remember how he used to attack Biden for spending all the time in his basement? Now, you know, nobody's saying that Trump's in his basement because <laughs> there's so many different floors, so many different stories to spend time in Mar-a-Lago. But um, Trump reassured people when he was speaking at the New Hampshire Republican Party's annual meeting in Salem, New Hampshire, he said, I'm more angry now and I'm more committed now than I ever was. It says in Newsweek, uh, he told a small crowd at the New Hampshire Republican Party's annual meeting in Salem uh, Newsweek has con contacted Haley and the Trump campaign for comment, but none has come in yet. Uh, Chris Christie was also very direct. He has not announced his candidacy, and I've spoken to Governor Christie about this off the air and personally. I think he's genuinely undecided about whether to run or not. He has a lot to say. I think he wants his voice to be heard. Uh, but uh, his campaign last time really didn't go well. The only really notable aspect of it was he completely sank Marco Rubio. Uh, but Chris Christie said this about Trump and the general election. Clip 12. I've said over and over again that he can't win a general election. And, and, and that's not speculation. That's based upon the polling that I was privy to pre the 2020 election. Uh, and what we saw actually happen, we saw it in the 2020 election, and it's only gotten worse since then. Then add to it what you saw happen in 2022. The election deniers losing across the country. Bad candidates like Mastriano in Pennsylvania dragging the entire Pennsylvania ticket down in a historic way. Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, Tim Michaels, uh, Tudor Jones. We could go through the entire list. Loser, 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 loser. And I think Republicans are recognizing that. Okay, it's Tudor Dixon he had in mind in Michigan. And Michigan, by the way, 
could be the center of this entire struggle because number one it's a crucial state it's a swing state that carried by a tiny margin for trump and then carried by an only slightly larger margin very close for biden's victory last time and they have an open senate seat debbie stabenow the longtime senator from michigan is retiring and given the fact that the uh, Senate of the United States is controlled by a one-seat Senate advantage, it is absolutely crucial. So uh, Trump on his private plane, it's been newly repainted for his new campaign. He actually had a um, private conversation and made some comments about his most obvious opponent, who, again, I think is genuinely undecided about running, uh, Ron DeSantis. And uh, what about Ron DeSantis and his campaign, and what does Trump have to say about him? We will get to that and to uh, much more. The issues of uh, choice and education, of critical race theory in our schools, uh, particularly in the light of the recent events in Memphis. Uh, how do you teach the history of real oppression of black Americans without it being uh, the kind of teaching that is um, banned in Florida, for instance? We will get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. Entertain your brain. This show is very entertaining. Every day on The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show the uh, uh, hotline, which is put together by the National Journal, actually quotes the New York Times to quote uh, Donald Trump, or at least to take a look at what is going on with his campaign. Why no big rallies? I mean, could he get huge crowds? I, I think he will when he decides to do that. And apparently his campaign is saying that that will begin uh, maybe at some point next month. I mean, there's a question of whether, uh, I mean, not whether or not to do it, but whether, W-E-A-T-H-E-R, uh, about the kind of weather you have in some of the crucial places where he would be visiting, New Hampshire, for instance. I mean, people say, why did he do an indoor event? He, he was speaking, well, he did an indoor event because it's the end of January and it's New Hampshire. And I've been to New Hampshire in the end of January. And uh, no, you don't really love to do outdoor events, particularly when it comes to climbing Mount Washington, which they, they say is, it's even though it's only 5,000 feet tall, it's uh, the, the weather on Mount Washington is the most severe winter weather anywhere in the country. I will look it up. Anyway, the... Uh, uh, New York Times reports former President Trump kicked off his 2024 White House bid with stops Saturday in New Hampshire and South Carolina. Events in early voting states marking the first campaign appearances since announcing his latest run more than two months ago. Trump and his allies hope the events in states with enormous power in selecting the nominees will offer a show of force 
behind the former president after a sluggish start to his campaign that left many questioning his commitment to running again. Trump, who delivered more diatribes against transgender people and immigrants as part of his speeches, said that he was more angry now than ever before. Oh, that's reassuring. Uh, Trump's attempt to drape himself with the trappings of a traditional campaign is an unspoken acknowledgement that he begins the race in one of the most politically vulnerable positions of his public life. He remains the clear front runner for the Republican presidential nomination, yet the solidity of his report seems increasingly in doubt. And uh, then over at the dispatch, they report on Nikki Haley as an alternative, maybe a newly minted alternative to Donald J. Trump. Uh, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley could make her 2024 presidential bid official as soon as February next month. Uh, Haley possesses the architecture of a robust White House campaign operation through her Stand for America PAC and uh, her... Uh, money-raising group Stand for America. Uh, trusted senior aides are already on board, prepared to stop, step into positions, directing political strategy, fundraising, communications, grassroots outreach, and policy development. Haley may move early in a bid to connect with grassroots supporters in South Carolina, the early voting state of which she used to be governor. And also, if she comes in early, it would be partially, I think, to block another campaign from Tim Scott because only one South Carolinian at a time. Nancy Mace is another South Carolinian who uh, might someday be interested in running, but not this time. Here was uh, President Trump on his private plane talking about Ron DeSantis and accusing him of disloyalty. Uh, listen, this is clip three. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. Uh, and uh, he, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, the de his Democrat opponent. Andrew Gillum. So then when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but it's not about loyalty. But to me it is. It's always about loyalty. But for a lot of people, it's not about loyalty. Okay, he also uh, called uh, former GOP candidate for governor in Arizona, Carrie Lake, uh, during her rally on Sunday. Trump is doing these smaller meetings, but Carrie Lake is still doing major rallies. Uh, Trump apparently told her, Carrie Lake, that she will be, in quotes, victorious in her attempts to reverse the result of November's election. She lost by 17,600 votes uh, with all of the recounts. Actually, all of the recounts that have been done so far, I believe she actually lost like four votes. I mean, not 400, not 4,004, but the recounts have shown that the numbers are pretty solid in Arizona. The former president spoke to the crowd on the phone at Lake's Save Arizona rally at the Orange Tree Resort in Scottsdale. Boy, Jeremy, don't you wish you were there? Well, the weather's nice in Scottsdale. Uh, during the event, the Trump-endorsed gubernatorial candidate continued to push false election uh, fraud 
conspiracy theories about the race she lost to Democrat Katie Hobbs in November 2022. Around 6,000, this is from Newsweek, around 6,000 Republican-leaning voters wrote in another candidate in the Arizona gubernatorial election or didn't vote at all rather than support Lake in November. The reason that that's important is because uh, Republicans didn't do well in Arizona. They lost all up and down the ballot. But uh, Carrie Lake did uh, particularly badly. The uh, candidate for attorney general, uh, Abe uh, Abu Mabe, I think, uh, but the, the Republican candidate for attorney general came really close. He came within 300 votes of winning the election, and Carrie Lake lost by 17,000. And part of the reason is there were 6,000. How do they know they were Republican-leaning voters who wrote in another candidate? Because of where they came from and because of, of the way that the Arizona uh, voting shifted away from Republicans. The uh, Governor Sununu was on CNN. He is the uh, governor of New Hampshire, and uh, he was not part of the uh, uh, Trump uh, event. And why not? Well, he explained on CNN. Uh, listen. Uh, we will actually get to that uh, coming up because Governor Sununu is somebody else who has been talked about as a presidential possibility. Uh, meanwhile, there are more struggles now that they have settled the head of the Republican National Committee. The state committees are going through struggles. And what are the struggles really about? Uh, for the Republican National Committee head, Ronna McDaniel has just won her uh, third two-year term and uh, fourth two-year term, actually. She's been there for a while. And she won handily with two-thirds of the votes. Uh, both of the major contenders are very pro-Trump, by the way. We will be right back on The Medved Show. You're listening to The Mighty Michael Medved Show. And one of the things that uh, I do believe that uh, people should be looking for when they're talking about people to promote to the national ticket, whether running for president or vice president, is looking for Republicans who ran ahead of the Republican Party in general. And uh, Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, would be a good example. He uh, had been felt that he was going to run for Senate and he could have uh, actually run against uh, Senator um, Maggie Hassan and uh, uh, who got reelected and ended up winning against uh, winning against General Bulldog. You remember him? Um, and General Bulldog originally had been very much a uh, a very much a pro-Trump candidate in, endorsed by President Trump. And he did a flip-flop on whether the election of 2020 was legit or not. He had, he had won 
the primary, uh, claiming it was all a fraud, it was entirely stolen. And then afterward, he said, I just uh, decided to take a look at it. And no, I think it was okay. Biden's president. Uh, he lost in any event. And New Hampshire uh, the, the has two congressional seats. The Republicans lost both. They lost uh, the Senate seat that was available. They lost some ground in the legislature. But uh, Governor Sununu won handily. And it's one of the reasons that he should be taken seriously. He's been a very popular, very effective governor. And one of the things that a lot of people who are associated with the Republican Party feel more and more is that the greatest success for Republican candidates has been from uh, people with gubernatorial experience. And in other words, if you look at the last uh, two Republicans to uh, to win on their own uh, and and to win two terms each. They've both been former governors, former Governor George W. Bush, yep, of uh, Texas, who was a very successful governor of Texas, and of course President Reagan, who was uh, governor two times. And the first President Bush had been vice president, so that's a different story. In any event. Um, Governor Sununu said this on CNN, and it deserves some news. When will you make a decision one way or another whether you will run for president? Oh, I don't have a timeline. I mean, obviously folks are talking about it, but I really don't have a timeline. I'm spending a lot of time nationally trying to grow the party uh, as Republicans. Talk to independents. Talk to the next generation of potential Republican voters that right now no one is really reaching out to. But I think we have a lot of hope and optimism and uh, a way to kind of want them to be on our team, and they should want to be on our team. It's not just about the negativity that you see in the media and the press and that they've kind of been inundated with. It really is about good government, and I'm trying to, I think we've done that really well in New Hampshire, trying to bring that a little bit to the table. And then down the road, if that leads into something bigger, so be. So you're considering it? Yes. When do other people, whether it's you or anybody else, need to get in? Because he's the only declared candidate. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously DeSantis and Trump are the two candidates, right? So whether well, he he's declared or not. I mean, well, he's not declared. Okay, not publicly declared, but he has hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. Just obviously Ron DeSantis is, is looking to run for president, um, which is fine. And, and he'd probably win New Hampshire right now, without a doubt. Uh, I think other candidates will, will look to get in this spring or into the summer. Okay, and uh, it sounds like Chris Sununu is talking seriously about becoming one of those candidates. I think he would be formidable. And he will be helped by the fact that he seems a little bit new and not someone you've heard a great deal about. Uh, there is um, uh, this. Uh, oh, there's a Vanity Fair headline. This goes along with uh, Sununu and Chris Christie and everybody else. Ron DeSantis is actively preparing for a presidential run and Donald Trump is having a meltdown. Well, he says he's more angry than ever, and uh, he's partially angry at uh, DeSantis, who he claims could not have won for governor of, uh, of Florida without his help. And uh, what they, they say in the uh, New York Times is more than two months after formally... Uh, opening his White House comeback bid. The 76-year-old former president held his first two public events on Saturday. Both were the type of textbook campaign stops he mostly skipped in his uh, first two runs for office. 
But while the settings were new, uh, his speeches carried a typically Trumpian timber. He mocked uh, President Biden for losing New Hampshire's Democratic primary in February of 2020 and ignored the fact that Mr. Biden went on to defeat Mr. Trump in the state's general election nine months later. He disputed that electric cars were environmentally friendly and declared windmills a threat to the nation's oceans and birds. I'm glad he's taking a stand against windmills. Uh, but didn't uh, some important novelistic character take a stand against windmills? Uh, Don Quixote, if you recall. Uh, and he goes on, Mr. Trump uh, framed his candidacy as a shield for the country from communism and Marxism and vowed to keep transgender athletes out of women's sports. He falsely claimed that his administration had been on pace to eliminate the national debt. Which, think about it for a moment. Trump administration did many things, but it was on a pace to eliminate the national debt? Under Trump, the uh, debt grew by about $7.8 trillion uh, during his administration and now stands at uh, $31 trillion. And he promised uh, as an uh, economic plan that would uh, rely mostly on tax cuts. Uh, I am more angry now and I am more committed now than ever, Mr. Trump said in New Hampshire. Since announcing his campaign in November, Mr. Trump has spent much of the past two months out of the public eye. He has spoken at private events, worked behind the scenes to help House Speaker Kevin McCarthy win his leadership position and maintained an aggressive, aggressive schedule on the golf course. Uh, well, of course. And, um, of course, no pun intended. Still, uh, Mr. Trump maintains his perch as the most powerful Republican. An Emerson College poll this week showed Mr. Trump with support from 55% of primary voters, nearly twice as much as his closest competitor, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, in a hypothetical matchup. The uh, same poll showed Mr. Trump in a statistical tie against Mr. Biden as a potential rematch next year. Uh, Republicans have struggled through three disappointing election cycles with Mr. Trump as the face of the party, a situation the party has been unwilling to confront or even uh, fully examine. And when they say three different elections. They don't mean just the specific elections in uh, Pennsylvania uh, or in Michigan or anywhere else. But what you're talking about is the three different elections in 2018. Uh, President Trump lost 43 seats in the House. 43. Uh, the Republicans gained four this time. Five, pardon me. They gained five seats this time. Uh, we had disappointing results this time, and then, of course, he lost the election by 7 million votes in the popular vote in 2020. Uh, there's a new book. Uh, it is called The Courage to Be Free. It has a nice picture on the cover with a big American flag in the background. 
What, uh, what is the courage to be free? Who wrote it? We'll tell you coming up. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That Michael Medved show the uh, book I mentioned right before the break is called the courage to be free it is due for publication in hardcover in uh, February 28th and uh, the uh, author is Governor Ron DeSantis what a surprise uh, the subtitle is Florida's blueprint for America's revival and I think that in the book uh, without even reading the materials they're releasing together with it. Uh, the cover shows a smiling, very friendly-looking uh, Ron DeSantis because his reputation is he is a chilly personality. He is not one of these people of tremendous warmth. And uh, The uh, Courage to be Free is Ron DeSantis' book uh, and Will it uh, reach bestseller status as uh, John Bolton's book did, uh, The Room Where It Happened, and uh, actually was on the bestseller list for a while? Uh, Mike Pence's book, So Help Me God, has been something of a bestseller, uh, not a triumphant bestseller. The gigantic bestseller is the Michelle Obama book, but she is not running despite uh, the fact that there are lots of Democrats who still daydream about um, Michelle Obama making the race. Uh, President Trump did a uh, a book shortly after uh, he won the election, but was denied uh, the uh, opportunity to stay in the White House. That that's of course the way he sees it. Uh, he actually officially lost by seven million. Uh, votes and he lost uh, with uh, Joe Biden getting a total of 36 more electoral votes than he needed. In any event, the um, uh, the books that he has had that have come out have been uh, first in 2021, and this is the books after the presidency. The uh, president uh, published Our Journey Together in hardcover. That was published on Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th, 2021. And uh, it's a photo book covering uh, President Donald J. Trump's time in the White House, photographs and captions hand-picked by the president. And uh, then later in 2022, Jeremy, how could we have missed this? It's uh, it's a very, very thick book, gigantic book called The Greatest Speeches of Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America, with an introduction by presidential historian Craig Shirley, and who has been a, a fine biographer. We've had Craig on the show. He's done fine biographical work on uh, President Reagan and was part of the Reagan team of strategists. But uh, the the idea that I I don't know is anybody out there who has bought 
the greatest speeches of Donald Trump, which came out uh, just uh, a couple of months ago in October. Uh, do, Jeremy, did we get promotional material on? No? Uh, it's actually su surprising to me because you would think, look, there are 74 million people who voted for Donald J. Trump to have a second term. Uh, they, there may be e even more uh, who, who vote for him to come back and have his second term. Who knows? But the uh, point that, um, that uh, Ron DeSantis is coming out with his book, I, I do suspect that Trump is going to be taking a look at that. And uh, maybe one of his biggest problems as a candidate is that what can you say other than, okay, I'm going to go back to make America great again uh, because he has said repeatedly he doesn't think America is great at all at the moment. He thinks that this is one of those things where the survival of our country is completely at stake in terms of him winning another term. And why? Because he just has an ability, and that's exactly what his campaign is based on, a personal ability that is almost supernatural. For instance, um, remember President Wilson won in 1916 because he, he ran on the slogan, he kept us out of war. And then uh, a month after he was inaugurated, <laughs> he, he declared war. Uh, the Germans reinstituted uh, submarine warfare and we declared war. It's all in the uh, Medved History Store program about World War I. But uh, President Trump speaking over the weekend in Salem, New Hampshire, uh, basically said he could have kept us out of war. Listen. Mm -hmm. This guy's going to be in world, remember, Crooked Hillary? He's going to cause a war in his first week in office because they think that's my personality type. It's actually the opposite. My personality kept us out of war. And I told you before, it would have never happened with Russia, would have never gone in, Putin would have never, ever gone in. And even now, I could solve that in 24 hours. It's so horrible what happened. I mean, those cities are demolished now. The people, I'll bet you have millions. It could be millions of people. How can you, you know, they bomb a city to the ground. These big buildings come tumbling down. They say two people were injured. Not two people. They lie. I mean, they lie. But if I were president, you would have zero chance that that war would have happened. Uh, zero chance that that war would have happened? Uh, th this given even the fact that uh, President Putin had already seized a big chunk of uh, Ukraine uh, called Crimea, which uh, the Ukrainians are fighting to get back. That's part of the, um, the uh, land that uh, they had been promised to be guaranteed by the United States in the P Treaty of Budapest right after the end of the uh, old Soviet Union when Ukraine was first establishing its independence. In any event, there is more. There, there's also the suspect in the um, attack on uh, Paul Pelosi.
And I know that there are many people out there, and I've heard from you and I hear you, who think that the old entire Paul Pelosi thing was a fraud. Uh, now they've come out, of course, with the uh, the video actually showing David Dupape uh, and, uh, and showing him lunging at uh, Paul Pelosi and him sustaining these very serious images of serious injuries he suffered, particularly... Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Nope. And, and then right after that, he lunges at Paul Pelosi. He called right after the world got to see the uh, the video of him breaking into the house and uh, then attacking Paul Pelosi. He called a TV station in uh, the Bay Area, KTVU, and uh, he had this to say to the TV station, which recorded it, and of course later broadcast it. Listen. I want to apologize to everyone. I messed up. Tonight, chilling new audio from the man accused in the brutal hammer attack on Paul Pelosi, the husband of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. David DePap calling a local San Francisco station, KTVU, from jail, seeming to double down, expressing regret that he didn't harm more people. What I did was really bad. I'm so sorry I didn't get more of them. It's my own fault. No one else is to blame. I should have come better prepared. The reporter speaking to DePap was not allowed to ask questions. She says the interview lasted a little more than five minutes and that his comments sounded scripted. Okay, scripted by whom? Oh, that's the, uh, the conspirators. And, and then there is the uh, President Trump celebrating apparently his return to uh, social media generally, not just Truth Social. Uh, on Truth Social, he uh, went ahead and passed along an image of himself wearing a great big Q on his lapel with the uh, slogan underneath, The Storm is Coming. A clear signal to the four and a half million followers he has on Truth Social that, uh, yes, he is in line with those of his followers who believe in QAnon and uh, that the storm is going to have to sweep away those blood-drinking, baby-eating Satanists who govern the entire world. Uh, frankly, we've got more immediate problems, don't we, in this greatest nation on God's green earth? Drop the hammer. Um, nope.